Hi, welcome to Financial Education for Nation. My name's Warren Shute. I'm here to talk to you today about World Alzheimer's Month. This episode has been sponsored by IDELO, the price comparison website. Okay, welcome. World Alzheimer's Month. A massive global challenge, but what's it got to do with money? How do you link World Alzheimer's Month, Warren, to money? You've lost the plot. Okay, let me hit, let me talk to you about this a little bit. In the money plan, I talk about eight foundations from the House of Wealth. If you haven't read the money plan, we refer to the House of Wealth as being a... Um, analogy of how to progress financially and there are eight foundations on them three are essential five are optional of the three essential i go over them most weeks emergency cash at least three months preferably six months of your expenditure held on deposit somewhere safe i like premium bonds with the national treasury um second thing is wills i like you to have a will so you don't leave a mess for other people to pick up when you pass away and also you have a say in where those assets, your assets, go to. The third thing is lasting power of attorneys. And really that's what we're gonna to touch on today. So globally, one of the biggest challenges we face is dementia. Over 50 million people are living with dementia around the world. So September being World Alzheimer's Month, I thought it was a great way of us to raise awareness and talk about the interaction of good financial planning. So financial planning is a broad subject, which is not just about investing your money or just creating a pension or just paying down debt. It's about how to manage your affairs financially so you live the life that you want. And part of that planning is planning for catastrophes, stuff that we don't want to look at. Because most of us are very optimistic, positive people. We look, if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably in that category because you want to progress. Okay, so we look forward and we want to grow and the future typically we see is rosy. Okay, we might be going through a tough time, but we really do deep down believe the future's good. So why would I want to look at these bag, this bag of tricks here that are protecting for catastrophes? Because you're smart. Because we don't know. You know, I do all the good intentions, all the good plans. I, I look after myself, I educate myself, I look after my clients, I progress forward in the business. But bad stuff happens to good people, okay? And I just want to make sure that if that bad stuff happens to me, I'm not going to be devastated financially and in my relationships. I'm going to be completely upset, I'm sure, but things are in place and this is the time to start raising the awareness of this, okay? It's not all about the shiny stuff and going for the, you know, going for the, the million pound retirement fund or whatever your target is. It's also about making sure you've got your basis covered. And that's why in the House of Wealth is the foundation because all strong buildings are built on deep foundations, okay? If you've got a big skyscraper, it's got deeper foundations. So if you've got millions of pounds, you've got stronger security foundations in place. You've got trust, you've got corporations, you've got your powers of attorney, everything else, okay? And you've got a good um, team around you to support you with that. You know, if you've got a little shack that will get blown over in the wind, like my old sheds used to, it's just put on top of the floor. There's no foundations. 
is a great metaphor for your finances. True, and it is so true. I know it's not exciting. I know you don't want to really listen to it for 15, 20 minutes, but it's necessary. And if it takes me to get all evangelical and excited to say to you, sort your power of attorneys out, then I need to do it because that's what I know, not I feel or I think, that's what I know is right because we now deal with attorneys in my practice at Lexington Wealth. We deal with attorneys because our clients lost capacity. So it's important. So once a client loses capacity, they can't make decisions on their own. Okay, so dementia is a very, is an awful condition, illness, um, that works very rapidly. Okay, so once you get it, you could go and lose capacity very, very quickly. Um, and once you lose capacity, you can't then make decisions on your own behalf. So you need to have someone around you who you trust to make those decisions. And you have to make that choice now whilst you have capacity. You can't just think, oh, my wife will do it or my son will do it. They're my wife, that's my wife or my husband, he'll do it. They won't, they're not allowed to by law. Okay, they will be prevented by doing it. So um, as a financial planner, let's run a scenario. I have a client, they lose capacity and they um, have some investments with us. Their partner, whether it's husband, wife, it doesn't really matter, rings me up and said, oh, you know, my, your client's lost capacity. I just need to draw on their investments, some of their husband, wife, so that we can put a stair lift in or that we can arrange some care or that we can get some treatment. Hey, I am the, I, th I love people. Okay, and I want to give them that money because I know they're going to use that money and they're going to do those things. But I'm prevented by law to doing it and I'd be struck off by the regulator. I can't do it. They have to have a power of attorney in place. So imagine they go to the bank, go to the high street bank. So I'd just like to draw some money out of my husband's account or worse, they use a debit card and do it with their pin because that's fraud. You know, and they take the money out and they go and use it. They will not be allowed to withdraw that money. You know, imagine you're in a house that you need to sell because it's just too big now. It's not an appropriate property. So you need to downsize to a smaller property. You can't sell it if you own it jointly. You need a power of attorney. See, all these things, and this is just the financial side. There's a whole raft of things on the health side. You're going into the hospital, talking to them. Mm -mm. They're not gonna have, allow you to make a decision on their healthcare without a power of attorney. They get discharged, they need to go into a care home. You're not gonna be able to influence that without a power of attorney. It's, it's, it's there for your protection, but it's almost like the power of attorney should be done by default. You know, you, you register at 18, you get your national, no, 16, you get a national insurance card, isn't it? But you, you register at 18, you apply for a passport, or whatever, who's gonna be your attorney? What, what do you mean? But why not? Why not just make it by default? Why make us go through these hoops? It just doesn't make sense to me but it's there and it's there to protect us okay now there are two types of power of attorney one dealing with your financial affairs it used to be called property and affairs but i looked at it recently it's just called financial so it's either called a property and affairs power of attorney or it's a financial power of attorney and the other is to do with your health or social care um and that's used to be called a health and welfare power of attorney but i now think it's just called a health power of attorney okay now um in England, they're called lasting power of attorneys, and I think in Wales as well. In Scotland, they're called continuing powers, but you still have the two types. You have the financial and you have the um, health or welfare. 
Now, you can have different attorneys for both. So you can have one set of attorneys dealing with your finances and one set of attorneys dealing with your health. Now, most people, most of my clients, for example, um, will have the same. And most of my clients will have each other. So husband and wife will have each other and they will have their children. Now, some clients have decided that some of their children, they wouldn't want to put under that pressure or strain to have to make those decisions because they might have a busy career or they just might not be good with money. So you don't have to, it's a choice thing. Um, and if you don't have a spouse, you don't have children, then a trusted friend or someone you think you can trust to help you make decisions because someone making those decisions on your behalf is better than no one. Now, it is a fiduciary responsibility um, uh, being an attorney, which basically means the attorney has to make decisions in the best interest of the donor, so you. Okay. Now, if they don't, they could face criminal action. Criminal action? Legal action. Let me go to legal action. I'm not a lawyer, so I wouldn't really know. But they could face um, legal action. So you are protected by law, um, but I do know if you look, read in the press, there's been some awful stories of um, attorneys taking advantage of donors and stuff. But of the number of attorneys that are registered, which I'll come on to at the end, um, I do think it's the minority. Um, before lasting power of attorneys were put in place in 2007, God, I remember this, um, it was enduring power of attorneys. Now, enduring power of attorneys are fine, okay? You can continue to use them. The challenge you have with enduring power of attorney is it mainly looks at your financials, not your health, okay? So it's really focused on your money and they're not registered until you need them. Now, bearing in mind, a power of attorneys at the moment are taking about eight weeks to get registered. So the process is you download the form, you complete it, you send it off to all your attorneys because sometimes they live all over the place. We've just sent one overseas to sign. It comes back, you get it all signed, you get it signed by witnesses and things. Then you send it off to your um, the office public guardian to get registered. So it's not valid yet, you can't use it. So you filled the application form and you told the, the form tells the Office of Public Guardian who are going to be the attorneys, who's the donor, and what's the rules behind it. There's a couple of questions in there. You send it off to the Office of Public Guardian. Now they do some checks. They send it back registered. That takes about eight weeks, just that process. So imagine going around all the attorneys as well. If you have to do that when you lose capacity, you've got two months where you're not making any decisions. And that's why it's essential, not important or you know, even necessary, it's essential that when you complete these forms, you send them off and you get them registered, okay? Now, one of the things I get feedback from is, hey, look, Warren, I am, oh, okay, I'm 18, I'm 35, I'm 40, Warren, I'm a, I'm a triathlon runner, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I don't need a private attorney just yet. Let me focus on the things that are necessary. And almost that's like saying, let's build the building first, and make sure the glass and the windows are nice and the air conditioning unit's fantastic and it's got some great views and things like that. And then worry about the foundations. You just don't do it that way around, do you? You know, it's really important that we make sure that the foundations are in place. So before we start saving, we've got some cash behind us. We've got a will, we've got our um, LPAs and the other things. And then we start doing it. It's for everyone, honestly. And when I do these for my clients, I say, how are your children? And they'll be, oh, they're grown up now. They're 18, 21, whatever. They're at university or college or whatever. Great. Are we doing a power of attorney for them too? Because wouldn't you as a parent like to ensure that your children's affairs are um, managed, heaven forbid something would happen, are managed in such a, a professional way as opposed to just leaving it 
to the whims of the courts to decide certain things and also the stress, pain and cost of doing it without a power of attorney. It's really important. It is that important to me. It's it's uh, an essential part of it. So remember, it's not just for the elderly. Yes, most people who have dementia are the elderly, but anybody at any age can slip and bang their head, have a car accident and lose capacity. And that's when it's important. So the two types, health and welfare and um, financial property and affairs. The financial property and affairs is valid immediately. So again, that could be used immediately. So if you're off traveling and you need to do a transaction, your attorneys can go and do that on your behalf, okay, with your consent. Health and welfare, your medical one, is only valid on incapacity. So once you lose capacity to make your own decisions, they can then act on your behalf. Um, the Office Public Guardian, which is the court that registered them and controls this, um, inst uh, initiated a new um, online system for attorneys uh, in July this year. So it means that if you are then using the power of attorney, there's an online system which can be registered and it enables all the banks and people to know that you're the attorney it's being used and it's a lot more slicker. Unfortunately, the application process for arranging the power of attorneys is still paper-based. So you download the forms from either warrantshoot.com or the Office of Public Guardian. If you go to warrantshoot.com, there's a questionnaire in there that helps you answer them. So it makes it a little bit easier for you. You download the forms, you fill them in, you're the donor, you note, note your attorneys. Um, you can either act, have them act um, jointly or jo jointly and severally. Main difference between the two is if they act jointly, they have to make all decisions together. Jointly and severally, they can act independently. So it makes life easier for the attorneys if they act jointly and severally but it's more secure for you if they act jointly. In my typical wording for my clients is if you really trust your attorneys, make the life easier for them because potentially this power of attorney could last 20, 30 years. Having everything signed jointly before a decision can be made takes a little bit more time. So it depends. And there's a couple of questions in there about whether you want the attorneys to see the contents of the will or not, that's a choice, and whether you give them permission to refuse life-sustaining treatment. Um, and my questionnaire goes through and just helps you. But you can go to warrantshoot.com, the resources section, and download the questionnaire. I think the application forms are on there as well. Um, and then if you're on a low income, you can get support for that as well. So there's some discounts. The registration fee is about £82 per LPA. So one person, it will be £164. It's 282s. Um, and obviously um, that again, if you're a couple. So it's fairly inexpensive you know, in the scheme of things, but it's really important. It'll cost you a lot more otherwise. Um, as a result of the pandemic, that we are still in and numbers are rising. So, hey, it might be a good chance to get it sorted now. Um, we've, the Office of Public Guard have seen an increase in LPAs and their last report showed there are 4.7 million LPAs and EPAs registered. Now, bear in mind, I, I did the sums. There is more than 47 million adults in the UK. There's more than 10 times that. So only one in 10 people have an LPA. It's important, folks. You know, let's make sure we get it get it sorted. Any questions, please message me. Um, send it through on social media or um, email warren at warrantshoot.com and I respond to all of them anyway. But I'd rather you get these sorted out. So this week, the big five are gonna be five facts on Alzheimer's or dementia, um, just so that you can uh, get some information on this. So number one, currently there are around 850,000 people in the UK with dementia. Now, I was pretty blown away by that because it's not something we talk about. So, you know, 850,000 people in the UK with dementia. Um, 
Second fact, by 2020, they project this to be over 1.6 million people. Um, so that's doubling over a 20 year period. And this is data from the Alzheimer's Society about dementia. So currently 850,000, they think it's gonna over double to 1.6 million. That's huge figures. Um, fact three, 209,600 people will develop dementia this year. That's one every three minutes. When you think of it that way, one every three minutes, someone's gonna get dementia. So this is roughly a um, 15, 20 minute um, recording. I'm not even gonna do the sums. Imagine how many people, that's five, five, six, six, seven people, wow. It's amazing, it's pretty, pretty um, powerful. Uh, fact four, one in six people over the age of 80 have dementia. Now, put this in perspective, those one in six people over the age of 80 have dementia, if they didn't put in place a power of attorney, okay, they, their family has to go to the court of protection, costs about 10,000 pounds, the estimated fees of the whole legal process, to then get, um, oh, the name slipped me, I was gonna say guardianship, to enable them to um, run the estate and pay all the bills and draw on the pensions and speak to the pension provider and everything else. Not only the cost, that's significant cost without a doubt, but the time, hassle, inconvenience. Just sort an LPA out, it's, it's much easier. Fact five, there are over 42,000 people under the age of 65 with dementia. Remember, it's not just something for the elderly and the LPAs are not just for dementia, they are for capacity, if you lose capacity. Um, couple of main news items this week, um, look, H, tax return time is approaching, okay? Got to be in by the end of January. HMRC has a free online service and most people file their taxes that way or go through a bit of software via their accountant. However, you can do a paper-based version. We've had a number of clients over the years who just hate receiving electronic information. They want to receive paper information. So if you're one of those people who just shy away from electronic, it's unlikely if you listen to a podcast, admittedly, but if you know someone who does, then you can do a paper-based. You can still do a paper-based return, but the deadline for that, a paper-based return, is the 31st of October. So it's fast approaching. Download the form, uh, there's an application form either on Google or on our website for the self-assessment, and you can submit it, and the deadline is 31st of October. Second bit of news in the headlines, um, you may not follow this as much as I do, but the inflation figures for August fell to 0.2%, uh, and they were 1% in July. Um, they were expecting zero. Um, this is kind of expected, I guess, you know, the, the drop in inflation because of the, the way business is going, everything else. Um, but the numbers were severely distorted by the eat out, help out. Okay, so that made a big difference. But the key thing is the September CPI figures, so consumer price index inflation, um, the September figures are what the um, personal allowances, state pension, everything else are all based on. So uh, we'll be watching those very carefully, see what they are gonna be. A couple of questions in this week. Um, first question is, I have no earned income, only rental income. I am a high rate taxpayer because I receive 80,000 pounds of property income, rental income, uh, can I claim a higher rate tax relief on my 3,600 or will I only get basic rate? I've got to be honest, when I received this, it kind of stumped me. I, I, I said to myself, I, I don't know. Um, but there's no reason that I know why you won't be able to claim higher rate tax relief. And the reason for that is because 
your um, the taxation on your rental income is put in your self-assessment, your pension contributions are entered on your self-assessment, and then it will go through that way. So yes, my understanding is you should be able to get high rate tax relief on that. Put it in your self-assessment and send it off. Um, but if anyone watching this knows anything different, then let me know. But I'm pretty sure that I'm right on this one, but um, happy to be corrected. Uh, second thing, I am 60 years old and I'm a smoker. I, I know I want to buy an annuity. Uh, what should I do? Okay. What I say to everyone when they come to cancelling life insurance, buying annuity, that kind of thing, having transitions, have a medical. Remember, financial planning isn't just about investing. It's about your lifestyle and achieving what you want. But if you go and just buy an annuity, uh, this individual, 60, I know they've been working in the cleaning business um, for the last 30 or so years and they're smoker. So risk of underlying medical conditions is fairly high. Go and have a medical. It will highlight any medical conditions. If you have any untoward medical conditions, it's, A, it's better to know. Prevention's better than cure. But also, too, you can then tell the underwriters that with your annuity. And then you get what we call is an enhanced life or an impaired life um, annuity. So if you're a smoker, if you have poor medical condition, if you have diabetes, anything that's going to shorten your life expectancy, the rate of income you receive from your annuity actually increases. So it's the only time in really in life that you don't want to be super duper healthy. Um, but um, I'll pass on that one myself. But annuity, great choice, guaranteed income for retirement. You haven't got to worry about anything. You can turn it on and you just forget it. So I'm still advocate of those. But have a medical, have a full-blown medical, get yourself checked over, use one of the um, private hospitals, invest in yourself just for retirement. And then once you have the report back, apply for the annuity because you know what you can actually get from it. Um, the Smarter Spender this week. So Smarter Spender is basically a bit of, I say, supported by Idelo. So Idelo sponsored the show. Um, Idelo is a price comparison website. It's something that I've used personally and my family for, I, I say this every week, I'd probably say a different year because I never really know, but for over five years, I think. It's definitely going to be over five years, way before they sponsored the show. They've been sponsoring it this year. Um, I mentioned them in my book, The Money Plan. I really rate them as a company. I really, really like them. Um, you go on there, you type in the thing that you want, and then it searches the internet and comes back and says, hey, this is the cheapest place you can buy it. But not only that, that's that's good, but what's better is it shows you historical trends. So you can see, oh, wow, okay, it's actually coming down in price, or actually it's going up in price. Maybe I'll hold back a little bit. So we, we team up with Idealo on the show, and they um, give us some information. And one of the things they do is they give us the smarter spender section. And the smarter spender section is, hey, what's dipped in price? Because remember, guys, spending money is not bad. I'm not against spending money, okay? What I am against is spending money you don't have. Let's just allocate our money. We've got the spending allocations, 50, 30, 20. If you have not heard that before, it'll be on another show. Or I can message me. I can do another show on it. Um, and then we've got the 20% which you spend on variable items. Um, so this week, smartwatches are down about 6%. Uh, Garden benches down about 10%. One th two things that come to my mind. PC monitors down 12% and drills down 15%. Now, if we're going to go into lockdown, it's nice to have, um, you know, if you're working from home, it's nice to have multiple screens. You have two monitors in the office, sometimes three. You, know, you have things going up. It's, it makes life a bit easier for you. So it's good to get good deals on things. Um, but one thing that really jumped out is last week's were 100, day, 100 days to Christmas. So this is Christmas 2020. Um, and pandemic or not, we're going to hit Christmas. And what we've got now is um, September is the cheapest month to buy your Christmas decorations. So whether you're gonna buy a fake Christmas tree or decorations, September is the month to go shopping for it. So get out there and go and buy your Christmas shopping. 
Okay, what do we think gamers, are people buying this week? I've given it away, haven't I? What do we think people will be buying this week is gamers, so, um, and gaming accessories. So the um, PlayStation PS5 was launched. I think Microsoft Xbox has also been launched. Really interesting price comparison. I think the PS5 is quite a bit more expensive than the Xbox. Um, Microsoft probably going for numbers, get consumers in, uh, because then they can get the residual income on the back of that. But um, if you can't afford the new gaming console, Ideally, I think you'll be looking around for accessories like the gaming chairs, controllers, headsets, that kind of thing. So get yourself over to Idealo, just put in there what you want, and then it'll find it. So a little tip, I've just bought my daughter, she won't know this yet, but a netball hoop, she loves netball, so I'll borrow a netball hoop, she can practice in the garden. Straight, found the netball I wanted, straight onto Idealo, typed it in, it went and found it for me. And I found, I saved six pounds or seven pounds. Not much in that scheme of things, but I've done it so many times where I've saved so much more. Um, all the equipment that I'm using, so the um, Blue Yeti mic that I'm using, the Nike uh, Nikon camera that I'm using, all been through Idealo and I found the cheapest price. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth it. Hey look, that's a whistle stop tour. Hope you've enjoyed it. I really do enjoy doing these and I love your messages and feedback. So please hit like and share it with your friends and tell people what I'm doing. If there's anything you'd like to hear from me, please let me know and I'll definitely respond. But anyway, this is Warren Shute. It's financial education for the nation. Until next time, take care and look after yourself.